Fashion Insider with your host, Nako. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Fashion Insider with me, Knuckle. It's great to have you back. I hope you're all doing very well. I hope 2022 has started wonderfully for all of you. Uh, we're, we're already getting towards the end of the first month. Tell me guys, have you kept with your New Year's resolutions or have you broken them already? Because if you've broken them, it's okay. There's only... Well, just over 11 months left till 2023. So, um, yeah, you can try again then. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, look, as jokes aside, I think if you really want to make a change and you've already broken your New Year's resolution, it's okay. You don't have to wait for a specific date. You can start again right now. If you needed a sign, here it is. Okay. Um, but other than that, I hope you're all doing really well. Um, and I hope you're strapped in for today's episode, which is a good one because today we're talking about the model life um, and we have a wonderful guest to do that with. Daphne Debart is joining us today. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's not a surprise because you've already seen the title, but yes, it's, it's a very, very good episode because Daphne is going to be talking about her youth and her time growing up. Of course, she's going to talk to us about her modeling career, her highs and lows, and we're going to dig deeper into who Daphne really is. Um, I have to say, I find Daphne very interesting. Um, I mean, she's very successful. She's had a great amount of success. Um, she's well established. Um, but I think more than just her career, I find her as a human very interesting. She, she seems very introspective, very deep. Um, and has a mind that I find worthy of exploring, you know, um, she's very intellectual and you can tell just with some of the small things that she says, you're like, this is someone that really thinks, that digs, that looks within, you know, it really shows. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting episode and uh, the good news for you guys is Daphne will be joining us for episode 18, which is this one, obviously. And Daphne will also be joining us on episode 19. So you're going to get two doses of Daphne, which, you know, that's the least I could do for you guys. So, yeah, you're in for a treat. You really are. So, um, yeah, I mean, without further ado, strap in and let's tune in to my conversation with Daphne Debart. Today I'm joined by a fashion model who has already had an incredible amount of success in the industry. And that's not all. She's spread her wings into YouTube and built a large following on her channel, one that's constantly growing. And if that wasn't enough, she's also become an author very recently. All this at a very young age. Daphne Debart joins me on The Fashion Insider. Hey Daphne, how's it going? Hey, thank you for having me. It sounds like you're speaking about someone else. It doesn't even feel like that's talking about me, but thank you for the great introduction. No, it's totally you. It's totally you. Um, you know what? We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of your career, but actually, I wanted to ask you this question because it's a controversial question. Uh, it's nothing to do with fashion at all. 
Um, but it's it's been it's, it's a debate that's been rising a lot lately. And yeah, and by the way, anyone listening, if you want to have your say, write in um, or drop me a message. Daphna, the age-old question: Does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh my gosh, I actually love pineapple on pizza. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> you're one of those. <laughs> what do you like about I it? I think it's the combination of the savory with a little touch of sweet. It just does it for me. Mm, see, fruit should not be mixed with like main dishes, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's uncomfortable. I don't know how. Like, even now with the sort of vegan diet thing, which is great, by the way, if you do, if you are vegan, some of the food is great. But like jackfruit barbecue and things like that, I don't know. Mm. Have you had that? I've actually never had that. No. Um, but I'm also not. I'm not vegan, and I don't really do any vegan alternatives. Although. Milk, I will say, oat milk is elite. Yeah, if yeah, I, can I, like, say that. I like I like oat milk, especially on overnight oats. I think is I think I use it for that. I don't yeah, I can't remember. So oh, it's good. Alpro. Oh, it's almond milk. What am I talking about? It's almond milk. Almond milk is good too. A little bit yeah. thinner consistency, but yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go with pineapple does belong on pizza, but we can agree to disagree. <laughs> yes, exactly. We can. We can. I just wanted to get your vote in though, so. It's good to know. I'm sure you've got lots of people siding with you. Um, right. So let's get into it then. Um, the early life, uh, the beginning, I like, I like chronological order. Um, so you moved from the Netherlands to Canada when you were, what, seven? Um, yeah, I did. How did that feel? Were you aware of it at the time? Like what was going on? Yeah, I think I was. I mean, I, I know that I was aware of it because my mom was already preparing us to learn English before we left and obviously you know you experience the moving and preparing to move and all those things um we actually also had like a really big goodbye party at my school at the time um but yeah it it was a big move it was a big change um but obviously it led to so many great things so wouldn't change a thing about it (laughs) Yeah, I mean, did you feel at home as soon as you moved to Canada? Or was there like a sort of fitting in period? So because I didn't speak English, there was definitely, I want to say like the first two or three months where I really had to learn the language and it was it was hard to fit in, right? Because you just have no idea what people are saying and you want to connect with your classmates. I remember that very clearly. And you just don't know what to say. Um, so I, th- I think there was definitely a period of adjustment and, um, you know, Dutch people and Canadian people are quite different. So yeah, there was definitely a period where I had to get used to it. In what way would you say they were different? Mm, I remember fashion being one of the big ones. I, I remember we, obviously Canada, where we lived, especially as well, gets super cold. So we, I remember on the first day we were walking to school and there were kids showing up in their pajamas and stuff like that. And that would just never happen where I'm from in Holland, you know? Um, yeah, but even I think just, I think the Dutch people can be very direct and very honest. Uh, not that Canadian people aren't honest, but it's just maybe a little bit more nicer, you know? Yeah, they're known approach. for being very nice and politically very correct. Very nice. Yes, exactly. That's a good way of saying it. And that's not quite the Dutch way, is it? It's just say it how it is with the Dutch. That's what I found yeah. anyway. Yeah, we're very much like that. My family's very much like that too. Um, that was a huge theme in my upbringing. But yeah. 
Well, I'm sure that held you in good stead for when you made it in the fashion industry because it's very direct at times in this industry. When you're a teenager and your parents are using that approach on you, you never want to hear it, right? But I think it, like as you said earlier, it actually really did help me because then when I experienced it in a professional setting, I already had that experience and that preparation. So whenever I received some sort of criticism or a very direct, honest, um, yeah, response to myself as a model, I guess yeah. it never really landed as hard as maybe it does for some other people. Yeah, that's true. You know, when you've been softened up when you're younger, which a lot of us are out of love, of course, they can make it very difficult, especially in an industry that is like the fashion industry, especially when you're very young, uh, it can really hit you hard. So yeah, it definitely does sound like it benefited you. Um, so what were you like at school and stuff like academically? Uh, first of all, how were you like, were you the A student? <laughs> I was definitely a very good student. I uh, very much prioritized my grades and doing well academically. Um, I was also very involved in school, like more towards when I got to high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, grades were getting, getting good grades was a huge part of my, my life at that time. Okay. So always smart. Yes. <laughs> where, where were you in Canada? So we actually moved around a lot. I, we initially moved to Calgary and we lived there for three years. Wow. So cold. So cold. And then we actually moved to Aruba for a year. Nice. Complete opposite temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. So my dad, my dad used to work for IBM and they needed a, a Dutch guy to run a project there because Aruba used to be a Dutch colony. So my parents, you know, they took the opportunity and we went there for a year and then we moved back to Canada. But this time we moved to Ottawa, which is in Ontario. It's five hour drive from Toronto. Mm -hmm. Lived there for a couple of years. That's where I finished elementary school. And then I started high school in Toronto. So wow. That's kind of like basic background. <laughs> well traveled already. This was even before you made it as a model. I know. It's crazy. So you were smart. What were your personality traits like though? Like what, what were you the, were you an introvert, extrovert, ambivert even like me? I think that as a kid, I like I was never really the entertainer child, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I feel like actually I was quite shy up until maybe like seventh grade, probably actually until I started modeling. Um, I dealt with a little bit of bullying and like, I don't know, I was just very shy and like quite emotional, I feel. Um, but that kind of all changed once I started modeling and I started going to castings and auditions. And then in high school was kind of when I like really opened up and found my, my personality, I would say. So did you retain that sort of emotional side of you or did that also change as the time went on? Such a good question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's still very much there, I would say, but it's, it's maybe not as much um it's maybe not projected as much outwardly as it was yeah in the past yeah I find that a lot with people that are that way when they're younger you know when they get older they still sort of are that way but it's just not open it's sort of more internal yeah yeah I think it has a lot to do I don't know I think I was maybe a little bit insecure when I was younger or shy or afraid or whatever it was and I think 
you know, once I started building my confidence, that kind of balanced all of that out. That's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, modeling does seem to empower a lot of people. Um, was that something you wanted to do when you were younger? Like, was that something, or did you have like other dreams at that age? So it's funny because I, I actually had my first photo shoot when I was four. Oh, wow. So it wasn't something that I came up with, but my mom submitted me for this. Um, it was like a Christmas editorial in a Dutch magazine and they ended up booking me for it. And it was really fun. Apparently, you know, I did well, whatever. Um, but it wasn't until eight years later that I actually got signed to a real agency. Um, so I guess also because we moved around so much and I don't think that my parents really found a reliable agency during that period. Um, it just, it, it like, it was one of those things that stayed in the back of their minds and I became interested over time. Um, that's kind of how it went. So there's always like little seedlings along the way then. It wasn't just a complete surprise. Yes. Yeah. Did exactly. uh, did the kids at school think you'd end up being a model, especially the ones who bullied you? I'm sure they're I'm sure. Well, we can we know who's having the last laugh now anyway. But at the time, have you have you yeah. do, do you ever hear from those people or anything? Um, I'm not really in touch with anyone from elementary school. High school, I am, but it, in high school already, it was because I came into that school not knowing anybody, and it was already part of my life. Like it was on Instagram. I think I just got an Instagram. Um, I it was already a part of me, you know, whereas yeah. in elementary school, I think I had just started doing it and people saw me in little local flyers and stuff like that. And that's kind of what sparked, I think it was more so like questions and maybe a little jealousy from these kids, but I also like, it's, it, it, it's such a vulnerable time for everyone. You're 11 years old, 12 years old, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't really hold that against anybody. No, I but. don't, but it's still nice to sort of be in the position you're in I don't know maybe I'm just petty but, um, <laughs> um, but so when did you actually move to New York then so because you you, you you started modeling in well obviously your first one was in Holland but then after that in Canada I'm assuming yeah so I started when I was 11 almost 12 um, and that was still in Ottawa at the time yeah and I was with that agency I think for two years and then I switched to an agency in Toronto and that's kind of when I started building up my portfolio and my career, so to speak. Um, it was like throughout high school, but it wasn't until after high school that I moved to New York. So I wanted to finish my, I wanted to get my diploma and just have my high school experience. And then I wanted to um, travel for a little while. Where did you travel? So... I actually, I actually did go to Tokyo for two months during my high school career. The classic. Um, That's a classic, classic. model's journey. Yes, yes it is. Um, you know, it's it, it really is a very safe place to go. And I don't know, it, at the same time, it's just very hard and such a culture shock that it, um, yeah, it really prepares you well for what's to come. So... I did that, but other than that, I didn't really travel um, during high school. How was the Tokyo experience? I mean, how old were you when you went there? I was 15. 15. Okay, and you, yeah. you were there for how long, did you say? Two months. Two months, yeah. How was that experience? Like, how, how, did, it, how did it shape you, do you feel? I think it changed my life. Um, wow. I, I don't think that I came back as the same person 
but in a good way, you know, I think, I don't, yeah, you just grow up. I think it was on one hand, a very great experience because, um, I learned so much about myself and I got to live alone and, you know, you start to do your own laundry and you make your own meals and like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was also very hard. Like culturally, it's very different. Professionally, it's very different. Um, you're thrown into this work environment that you've never really experienced before. Language barrier, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was very tough. And I think that also is an age thing. You know, I went there when I was 15. It's, you're very young. Yeah. I mean, it's tough if you're older. You know, even if you're in your t- early 20s, I'd say that's a difficult experience to go to a completely foreign country, to us anyway, born in the West, mm-hmm. um, with the language barriers and everything else. Cultural, um, I'm sure there's a lot of cultural differences as well that you sort of have to get climatized with quite quickly. So at 15, 100%. to do that, I mean, can you imagine how, well, I, it's, I'm glad it shaped you in a positive way. And I think that's what it does. I think it either makes you or breaks you not to be dramatic but that's kind of no, how I see it's it. so true it's so true and that's one of the hardest things about the industry because I feel like I've had a very positive experience um not saying that I haven't had hard times because I feel like it was very hard for a long time even when I moved to New York um yeah. but it might just be the way that I was raised or the way that I view things or just the way that I'm able to I don't know, deal with these experiences that it's, it's almost shaped me to be a better person, even though they were hard experiences, you know? Yeah. Out out of everything you faced there, what would you say was the toughest thing that you sort of dealt with and that you overcame whilst you were in Tokyo? Oh man. I think it was, um, like, uh, how do I describe that? Lack of connection maybe. And long work hours personally or working wise yeah I think just I mean it's such a weird thing because you are surrounded by people all day but the language barrier makes it very hard to actually connect with people Um, and there's a 13 hour time difference so you almost are just lacking that that sense of connection or that sense of home so I think that that was probably the hardest part yeah but what what um what a great experience in a way though to set you up for when you did move to New York eventually, I mean, what age were you when you moved to New York then? I was 17. And yeah, I would, I would not change it for anything. Like if I had to do that all over again, I would, because it made it, it made it so worth it. (laughs) Yeah. And if you were sort of talking to young girls or guys, would you recommend them to take up the Tokyo opportunities? Cause they're still, it still happens now. It's not, it's, it's still a thing now. I know someone that did it recently, again, positive experience. Would you recommend it then to people to do? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think no, no that... matter what age. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's a different story. Um, <laughs> it's so hard because it really depends on the person. Like I feel I'm also the oldest. I'm the only girl in my family. I'm the oldest of five kids and obviously traveled so much and had to meet new people throughout my whole life. So I almost feel like my life shape me to be ready for this trip and then this trip shit you know what I mean yeah um so it really just depends on who you are like I handled this the way that I did at 15 and someone might handle it the way that I did at 25 you know it just depends on your life experience but I do I will say I think that the overall experience of going there 
is is positive yeah yeah well I'm, I'm glad it worked out really well for you um you. so two years later you moved to new york i mean yeah you're still just 17 moving to a big city i went to new york <laughs> for the first time when i was 20 and i it was daunting for me then um so i don't know how you did it at 17 how was that experience and so you moved to new york you get your play well i assume actually you were in were you in your own place or did you have were you in the model's apartment no i lived in a model apartment for a while yeah yeah how was that <laughs> that was rough that was really yeah. rough um it's oh my gosh like it's so funny because i emailed my agent the week before that i came and i was like i think i said something along the lines of i would love to request my own room if possible or sharing with one girl <laughs> and i met <laughs> And it was so naive and I didn't even, I never received a response. And this is still the same agent that I'm with today. So all is well. Um, oh, that's nice. I love, I love her so much, but I never received a response. And I just, in hindsight, I'm like, girl, you had no idea what you were getting into. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's funny. Just because of the naivety in any other circumstance, that's completely fine and normal to ask for. But in this yeah. situation, obviously it's, um, yeah, it's ambitious. But how many people were you with in your room? I had three other girls in my room. So there were two sets of bunks. And then there was another room with two more sets of bunks. So there were eight of us total. Yeah. I also, I will say something that I think is great about Tokyo, or at least the agency that I was with, yeah. is that we had the choice of, well, we stayed in a hotel, all the models did. And you had a choice of what room you could have. So I actually had my own room that whole trip. Oh, that's nice. Well, that's so that was that was a perk, and maybe that's why I was also naive about the model <laughs> apartment. Yeah, that's fair. I, by the way, in Tokyo, how was how how did you find the food and stuff? Were you were you were you aware of like Japanese cuisine before you went? You seem well traveled. I was. I actually had sushi there for the first time. My parents were not really into sushi at that yeah. time. They they love it now. Um, but I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm not a picky eater. So I found the food to be like one of the best parts because I had food that I probably would never eat here. Yeah. Oh, wow. What, what, yeah. what a place to lose your sushi virginity. If you like, I mean, exactly. you set the standards high. <laughs> really? It's, it's hard <laughs> best to replicate. sushi I've ever had. It really is. So yeah, back to the model apartment stuff then. So you, for people that don't know, that's, that's kind of how it goes. It's not all glam. You know, when you're first called out to New York, um you're, you're put in with eight people was it eight people in your case mm -hmm. one flat a to p eight people usually one toilet <laughs> was that the one case bathroom yes. yeah was that with you as well yeah um it's not all glam um but yeah moving to new york at 17 how did that feel just that alone how was that it felt like such an accomplishment yeah. it was crazy i was living right by union square um yeah, it was, it was just like a dream come true. It really was. How did you find it navigating yourself and stuff? Did, did um, Were you taking the subway at that point or were you being driven? No, no. We were responsible for our own transportation. But it's pretty easy in New York. You know, you make a couple of mistakes and then it's it's pretty easy to figure out, I think, the trains and stuff. Yeah. What were your friends doing, by the way, at 17? Like, out of curiosity. Because, you know, it's, it's a lot different for the normal person that's not well. I mean, My modeling is sort of back... normal as well, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, it's so, it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, my friends ended up living very different lives, but um, most of them ended up going to university or college. Yeah, so they're still quite sheltered. You know, most people at 17 are quite sheltered. The, the life of a model is 
you're thrown in at the deep end very early on um in in your life um but how do you find in in general sort of over the years living in new york is it is it some place is it a place that you consider home now is that where you want to be yeah this is definitely home i think i think it became home once i moved into my own place i've actually been in this place for like four and a half years now yeah um and once i was able to get to that place where i could financially afford to be outside of the model apartment that's I feel like that's kind of when my life started almost um not to say that I didn't have great experiences in the model apartments that I stayed in because I did I met friends for life and um like the last model apartment I was in had some really nice perks yeah but ultimately it's it's the idea of being able to afford your own place and make it to that level that really makes it feel like you are living here if that makes sense yeah you've made it but it's the start of making it I mean how old were you when you got your own place in New York I think I was 20 20 I mean that's 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 an achievement within itself 20 your own place in New York a working girl I think that's pretty cool yeah that's that's so true when you put it like that you know when when it when it came to your modeling and stuff then in New York how 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 was that experience I mean what was sort of the first jobs that you started taking in New York so the first year was pretty difficult. And this is also what kind of makes New York a hard city to plant. Yeah. Is it plant roots or plant seeds? <laughs> I mean, anyway, whatever it is. <laughs> um, is because it takes a, it takes a while to start working. And I think, you know, I still have a baby face now and I'm 25, but I definitely had a baby face then which also, you know, made me really not applicable to every client out there. So it took me a while to start getting clients. I, I think I started with, I was doing some showroom jobs at the time and I was doing little magazine things, you know, things that paid like quite little, but at least I was doing something, you know? Yeah, building your portfolio anyway. Yeah. Um, and then over time, I started doing more e-commerce and... I would book like a beauty job here and there once in a while. And that's just kind of how it, how it went. What would you have, what what would you say has been your biggest challenge as a model in the early years though? So I'm talking between sort of 17 to 20 at that period of your life as a model, what was sort of the biggest challenge you faced? I think my weight, to be honest. Really? In, in what sense? Um... I struggled with my weight for quite a while, just staying in in one place. Um, I don't know. There were a number of factors that kind of influenced that, so to speak. Um, You know, living with all these other girls and seeing their eating habits and not really knowing what works for your body. Yeah. You know, I, I was actually living with girls who could eat whatever they wanted, like whenever they wanted. And they did. Um which is eye-opening in itself because, you know, you go in thinking that there's all these crazy eating habits going on, which do still exist, but that wasn't the case for who I lived with. So I started to assume that that was also the case for me, which it wasn't. I, you know, I have to work out, I have to eat well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was, I was struggling with that for a while. And, you know, some, some months I'd be in great shape and some months I would totally fall off. So that was probably the hardest thing because 
you're trying to get to know your body. You're trying to find balance within, you know, your food and your exercise and also still enjoying your life. And I think it did kind of consume me for a little bit um, of time. Also, like, you don't want to disappoint your agency. You don't want to disappoint your clients. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure. um, It is. You know, if you're, if you're talking to a 17 year old girl right now, how would you recommend they figure out how their body is? Like, would you recommend they go see someone? Um, or what, what would you, what would you do differently in that, in that particular instance? It's hard. Um, I think there are definitely professionals who can help with this. I don't know if everybody needs to. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes from comparison. And just with everything in life, also with booking jobs and, you know, everybody has their own life path. So you really, I would advise at least to stay as far away from comparison as possible and use the energy you're expending on that to really figure yourself out first, you know? Um, I think if I did that sooner, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would have been successful sooner as well, but anyway, um, in a way I don't regret it because I learned so much from it as well. Yeah. I think that tends to happen with most things that we go through at that particular age. Like we can't be Mm. that hard on ourselves. We're not going to get everything right. And often what we get wrong teaches us, teaches us massive lessons. Um, mm. And I think what you said there about figuring yourself out, I think that's very important and not just with the weight, but in every sense, like keep figuring yourself out, figure out what your insecurities are, what you're doing wrong. Um, I always feel like that's an underrated thing to look at. Like you never really try and figure yourself out in all different ways, you know, mentally, physically. And I think it's great to start as early as you can to start challenging yourself in that way. I feel like I, yes, I love what you just said. I completely agree. And I almost feel like you can't really show up for other people, like in terms of relationships or even just in in a work setting, like you can't, you almost can't really show up as your best self until you know yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I think that that's really important for sure. Yeah. You know, um, when you're when you're starting out in, in your modeling career in New York, especially now, this is the, the, the part and part, part and parcel of the model life. I mean, rejection is just inevitable. Everyone gets rejected. It doesn't matter who you are. You'll go through a, num- a number of rejections um, for you when you're 17, 18, 19 and you weren't you weren't obviously booking every job. Nobody does. How did mm-hmm. you find that? How did you deal with the the sort of inevitable rejections that everyone faces? It's funny because I feel like rejection never really weighed on my mind that much. I think I was very aware early on that that was just a part of the process. Yeah. It's like I almost didn't take it personally, but I also was never really consumed by every single casting or every single meeting I did, if that makes sense. So I know that some girls really, they will go into a casting and it'll weigh on their minds until they hear something. And it's like, to be honest... 95% 95% of the time you just don't hear anything and unless you've booked the job yeah so it wasn't necessarily that I think um I don't know I guess the only really rejection that kind of weighed on me was like I think I was rejected once or twice from a client that I was working with because I didn't fit the clothes yeah that was that was one of those things that I dealt with once or twice but which happens in, again in this industry where there's 
it's very it's, it's such an interesting subject because it's talked about a lot about mm-hmm. the uh, body shapes and what should be the, the you know the ideal body type and all, and all of that but I just think it varies and I don't think we should always take it so personally at least in my opinion because it's the designer and his idea or her idea you know and if we yeah. don't fit into that that's just fine because you know it's it's not personal it's not you you're not the problem you just don't fit that particular job do you know what I mean totally there's there's something that I realized for myself a couple years ago and it really changed the game for me because I realized that you know none of the rejection that we face is personal just like you just said um and you almost have to mentally split yourself into two versions I actually I think I spoke about this in my book too (laughs) um you have to you have to think of yourself you know you have to create your work version like work DAF and then you have DAF as myself right yeah and so when I'm going into a work scenario and someone doesn't want me it's not because they don't like me as a person or you know I'm a bad human being or there's something wrong with me. It's just because I don't fit their product or just because I don't fit their brand physically. And that is it. That's that's it, right? Literally and I full think, stop. That's it. Yeah, and I think for models, what's so hard is that, you know, when you're working a regular nine to five, your product is something other than yourself. Obviously yeah. you have, you know, things that you deal with in a, in a career like that, but you're rarely confronted with something that has to do with your physical being or your body. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it takes a little bit more mental work, but I found that when I separated the two and I just started looking at it from a business perspective, it felt a lot less personal. Which it literally is. It's a business. And I, I think that's a very good mindset to have. And I really hope that people can take a leaf from that actually, because it, once you do separate the two, you know, when you create two versions of you and, two mindsets I think it's a game changer you know and you Mm. you, you, like you said you began to see things completely differently but I just think the main thing is is the taking things personal because that's what breaks people that's what creates all kinds of problems for yourself it's never personal yeah and you start to compare yourself to girls who do book it or you start to change yourself to fit and that that just that's not the point right like you are working as a model because you have a great look Mm-hmm. it's just not the look for everyone and that's kind of what people have to click in their minds yeah exactly it's very true um speaking of body types and everything there's also the the big thing about diets and stuff now what's what would you say is your sort of average what would you eat on your average day like how does how is how is your diet are you on anything special or how does it work for you there's certain things that i avoid because i just know my body doesn't like it um, but I, I feel like I'm eating the most flexible that I've ever have in my life at the moment. Um, I try not to restrict myself, but at the same time, I, I want to feel good. I want to feed my body with healthy foods. Um, so I think I, I, I don't know. I'm think I'm just at the point where I prioritize healthy eating subconsciously because it's what makes me feel good. It's what helps me perform. And then you know, I, I let myself have a treat or a sweet or whatever, you know, when I, when I, when I can, or when I feel like it. That's a good relationship to have with your body, isn't it? Um, but so do you balance it out with that working out as well? Yeah, I do. Like a workout routine regime type of thing. 
I do. I box a couple times a week and then I nice. switch that out with like a treadmill class or Pilates going for walks when it's not like minus 40 outside oh gosh yeah new york is freezing <laughs> um but yeah i will say exercise is a big part of my life but that's also i think a mental component and yeah it's it's um it's a release for me as well yeah so. a lot of work goes into being a model as you're hearing people um, does. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the rewards of all of this that you've put in um so what would you say has been some of your favorite jobs to have done? I mean, you've modeled for some big brands. Um, I saw Maybelline and Estee Lauder, which is, you know, it's a household brand. Everyone knows. I mean, I was, I was a kid and I knew maybe it's Maybelline. And I was a kid and I was a boy and I knew that. So it's huge, all of these <laughs> things. How was all of that? What would you say has been your biggest highlight, though, out of all of it? Yeah, I've, I've done some really great jobs. Um Beauty is probably my favorite just because it's it's very interactive and yeah, the, the makeup looks are just always beautiful. So I love doing those kind of jobs. Um, I also really love video. Video is a huge like passion of mine within my job. Um, so any job that, that kind of deals with video or commercial or just being interactive, I always find really fun. Yeah. When you say video, do you mean like the sort of adverts or do you mean like the artistic videos? Because these artistic oh. videos are really taking off. Yeah, so those are great. I, I haven't really done as many of those, but um, yeah, more like commercial style or, you know, they're doing them for Instagram now. You'll see those Instagram little commercials. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are cool. Um, how was it like working for Maybelline? Then how how did that process work out in terms of getting the job, first of all? Um and then how was the job itself? So I did, I've, I've worked for them a number of times, but I guess the biggest one that I did was a commercial. Um, it was with Gigi Hadid, actually. She was there too nice. on the day, which was very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the booking, everything goes through the agency and I, I just signed the contracts and I show up for the day, but it was filmed in one of those big film studios um in long island city which is just across the bridge from manhattan mm -hmm. and i had my own change room i had my own like makeup room and all these things it was that was probably the most high-end job that i've ever done yeah it was is very that cool is that way you really felt i've made it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's funny. I don't know if I ever feel like that because there, for me in my mind, there's always something more to do, you know. Yes. Um, but it was definitely a moment where I was like, okay, I aspire to have more of these jobs in the future. Um, yeah. It was kind of like a benchmark for myself, I guess. And where where did the the, the videos and stuff go out? Was it at the supermarket, um, the malls and airports and things like that? Was it on billboards? How was it? Or magazines? I think so when you when you sign one of these contracts they um there's obviously an initial fee and then they have all these projected fees depending on where the commercial ends up going out so I don't know I don't know if it actually ended up going super like I don't it definitely didn't go international but I know that it was on um the Maybelline website Sephora it was oh no not Sephora sorry um yeah, it was on a bunch of websites and then it was on Facebook. It was on social media. And I think it ended up being like a national commercial. 
Yeah, still so. very big, very big. How, how did cool. you feel when you when you saw yourself in these places? And do people spot you in like different websites or pages or out and about in terms of like seeing? Oh, that's Daphne there. Yeah, they do, which is cool. Yeah, um, so how does that feel? Because it must be quite a special feeling. It's kind of what you work for in in a way, like not completely, but in a, in a way, it's nice to get that recognition, isn't it? It is nice. I think it catches me by surprise a lot of the time. Um, nowadays, I feel I feel like I haven't had someone see my work in a while, just because a lot of the work that I've been doing, I guess, is just on websites or something. Yeah. Um, but I do meet a lot of subscribers from my YouTube channel, oh, and yeah. that is always that is always a very fun experience. Yeah, and in terms of like outside of modeling so you know in, in, in your day-to-day life what sort of do you enjoy what do you enjoy doing you know because I think we all we people have seen your YouTube channel they've seen your your work um, on Instagram and other places but what do you like doing you know who's Daphne you know besides the model and everything else who are you who am I um, <laughs> I, I I like a good routine so every week I kind of have like Monday if I'm not doing a photo shoot it's usually like my computer day where I work on YouTube stuff mostly emails and sponsorships and those kind of things and then I always prioritize the workout somewhere in there um yeah, yeah. what do you do in, what do you do in your downtime like what makes you happy um I don't know I think in my downtime I love to just spend time with friends because I will say I find that I spend a lot of time by myself during the week mm-hmm. um, just because it allows me to be the most productive. Yeah. So in my free time, I love to just try a new coffee spot or try a new food spot with some of my girlfriends or we do an activity or something. Um, I like to kind of get out. What of kind of house. activities do you like? Usually, <laughs> I don't know. New York is very like health-based, I think, and food-based, so... Um, yeah. We'll either do a new workout or um, we'll go see a movie or a show or something like this. Yeah. Have you been axe throwing yet? There's like some really cool activity spots that have popped up lately. I went to no. one. Oh, it's really fun. Oh. It's really fun. It's like a bar and stuff. And I'd, I'd say check it out. It's in Brooklyn. Oh, there's, there's quite a few of them. I have to go and check that out. Actually, I have been going to this this billiards bar. So we play pool. Um, I've been doing that quite a lot lately, which I think is fun. Ooh, very nice. relaxing. <laughs> Are you good? I I wouldn't say that I'm good, <laughs> but I, but I'm also not terrible. So yeah, I'll just go with that. Yeah, well, that's nice. Um, yeah, because I think sometimes I think people just see the model, like especially if people were to go on like someone's Instagram page and stuff like that, and you see like those poses and. There's like this assumption that models are a certain way, like, you know, but I think there's so much more to them. And part of the reason for this, these types of conversations is to actually expose, expose, uh, no, reveal who you really are, you know, beneath all the the beautiful shots and everything. Yeah, it's funny. It is hard to show like um, what you do in your free time, especially in vlogs. You know, I I get to these points where I I just want to turn the camera off and I want to be by myself and do my own thing. But that's almost what people want to see right it's you just doing your own thing Mm. um yeah well that brings us to the end of episode 18 but fear not we have daphne back on episode 19 but first of all let's talk about this episode what a great episode 
fantastic. I hope you got to learn more about Daphne Debart. Who is Daphne Debart? Besides being the model, you got to hear about her youth and her childhood and her early days in the fashion industry, the ups and the downs, and then her highs and her successes. I mean, Daphne's achieved so much and she's still very young. So it's incredible what she's done. And I also feel like you've got to know Daphne the person as well as forget the model. I mean, of course, she's a very good model. Of course, we get that. <laughs> she's great. But we also got to see who she is as a human being. And I think that was equally as beautiful. And um, I hope you guys saw that too. And well, you know, we've, we've got to find out who Daphne is. So I think now we need to find out a bit more about Daphne. What does she do? What else does she do apart from being a model? Because she does quite a bit. So I guess for that, you're going to have to tune into episode 19 to hear more about Daphne and her other exploits. And um, she's been up to quite a bit, let me tell you. So tune in to episode 19 where we will have Daphne on again, you lucky people. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you have any feedback. The email is in the description or you can message me on Instagram. But until next time, take care of yourselves, stay safe, stay healthy. Goodbye. Au revoir. Ciao.